0: and welcome to this bonus episode of the EMG Health Podcast, supported by Beckman-Coulter. My name is Dr. Julianne Locke, and in this series we will discuss how microbiology testing has a vital role to play in solving the impending health crisis of antimicrobial resistance. In this episode, we will explore antimicrobial resistance, or AMR, something the World Health Organization has declared one of the top 10 global public health threats facing humanity. In 2019, AMR was found to be directly responsible for more than 1.2 million deaths globally, more than HIV, AIDS or malaria. The WHO have also raised concerns about the inappropriate use of antibiotics in managing COVID-19 patients and fear this could further accelerate the problem of AMR. Joining me from Beckman-Coulter are Dr. Jean Patel, Principal Scientific Affairs, and Dr. Fabienne Vickman, Scientific Affairs Europe. Both of you, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very Thank much.
0: You. So Jean, let's start off at the very beginning. What is AMR and what are the drivers for emergence of AMR and and what costs do we all pay for it?
1: Thanks. So antimicrobial resistance um, occurs when an infection is treated with an antimicrobial um, agent or a drug and the infection doesn't respond to that drug. This is becoming increasingly common among organisms that cause infections for humans and it's considered one of the most important public health threats faced um, in medicine today. The driver is overuse of antimicrobial agents. Antimicrobials are life-saving drugs and we need these to keep patients healthy. But we know from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that as many as 50% of um, the antibiotic prescriptions indicate overuse or inappropriate use of an antimicrobial agent. And wherever you have um, use of the antibiotic, you have an increased risk of um, either selecting for, or really selecting for um, resistant forms of the infectious agent. We also know that antimicrobials are used in other sectors beyond healthcare. So antibiotics are used on the farm, for example, and they're used on the farm to keep animals healthy similar to humans, but they can also be used to promote growth of a food producing animal. And this allows the animal to grow faster and and be ready for market sooner. When this happens, that means there's a lot of antibiotics being used um, in those animals. And again, another opportunity for increased resistance. There are even some places in the world where antibiotics are used as pesticides Um, For crops, because there might be an infectious agent causing a plant disease. And and that's another opportunity for antimicrobial resistance to occur. The cost, as bacteria become more resistant, the, the costs increase. And this is a cost on human health. We know that there's increased mortality that occurs because an infection cannot be treated appropriately. We know that there are patients who have to stay in the hospital longer because um, their infection hasn't been resolved. And really some simple treatments that we took for granted like surgery or um, chemotherapy treatments, these are um, occasions where patients might acquire um, infections. And if these infections are resistant, then these medical procedures are all at risk. There is both a healthcare cost and um, a financial cost.
0: So it's quite interesting there, really, that there's, as you were saying, there's a healthcare cost, there's a financial cost. And I suppose, Fabian, that brings me on to the fact that the rates of AMR, they really vary greatly across the globe. Why are there differences between regions or countries in the amount of AMR that is seen in those settings?
2: Yeah, thank you. So One major point is that the historical use of antibiotics to treat infections plays a key role in the actual occurrence of levels of AMR in the individual countries and regions. And so even when you look at Europe, there are big differences between countries. For example, one of the countries in Europe that ranks the highest in terms of antimicrobial resistance and also antimicrobial consumption is Greece. And I did look a little bit closer at Greece, like what are the reasons for antimicrobial resistance being so predominant in Greece? And that actually brings me back to what Jean has um, sort of mentioned before, like one of the major driver in Greece is also the overprescription of antibiotics by, by physicians. And I do actually have a story there um, to share. When I traveled to Greece around 15 years ago, I was stung by a wasp. And I was stung in my toe, and my entire leg was really swollen. And so after a few days, I went to the hospital. And the doctor gave me two prescriptions. One of the prescriptions was for a antihistamine, which makes sense. And one of them was for an antibiotic, which I questioned. So I did not take the antibiotic, but I took the antihistamine. And the swelling eventually went down, and it, and it worked. So that kind of shows that overprescription in Greece for antibiotics is very common. Another point is that self-medication and the ability of the pharmacist to actually sell antibiotics over the counter are a major contributing factor. This may especially be the the case where patients um, are known to have difficulty in access um, to a doctor, so where hospitals are really far away in rural Greece, for example. So the pharmacist may actually be aware that it's not the best to give this patient an antibiotic, but they also may fear that this patient would just go to another pharmacy and try to obtain the antibiotic or obtain a antibiotic without a prescription. So they're actually fearing of losing a regular customer. I did also want to mention like a last point of that some physicians, not only in Greece, but also other geographies, they suffer awareness or insufficient awareness of AMR such as not recognising antibiotic resistance as a major global health problem.
0: I think that's quite interesting, actually, that you do talk about the, you know, how pharmacists know that it mightn't be the ideal thing to give to people, but they almost feel like there's that expectation. And as you were talking about physician overprescribing, I I live in the UK and the NHS is very much trying to down, you know, reduce the numbers of antibiotics. So it's really is education is really key, I suppose, in tackling this problem. Jean, increasingly, we are seeing a rise in this multi-drug resistance organisms and bacterias or MDROs. Um, so what are the examples of these and, and some of the real world implications as well?
1: Well, one of the multi-drug resistant organisms that I think is most familiar to people is um, methicillin-resistant staph aureus, and that's called MRSA, and um, MRSA became a household term um, a couple of years ago, and that's because um, this pathogen used to just cause um, infections in patients who were hospitalized, but then it moved into the community, and we saw very significant infections caused um, in the community in, in patients of all ages, and the kind of infections that you can get from MRSA range from a skin infection, um, to pneumonia, to sepsis, which is a very serious bloodstream infection. It is MRSA is still one of the most common resistant type of infections that we see. Um, The good news about MRSA is that there are new drugs coming to market, and these drugs are effective for treating MRSA. So once you know a patient has that infection, doctor can usually find an antimicrobial agent that's going to be effective at treating the infection. A new type of resistance that has emerged are um, carbapenem-resistant enterobacteriaceae and we call this CRE. CRE are really concerning because these bacteria are resistant to nearly all antimicrobial agents. Now, right now, in the developed world, CRE infections usually occur in healthcare settings, but we know there are parts of the world where this is becoming a community acquired infection. And whenever an infection is transmitted in the community, there is a greater chance of spread. We see these kind of resistant bacteria all over the world. Um, They're very hard to treat. There are new drugs coming to market. One of these drugs is a drug called meropenem-vabrobactam. This is a new kind of drug that has shown great efficacy in treating CRE. The trouble is, this is a really complex resistance problem, and a drug like meropenem-vabrobactam can work for some types of CRE, but not all types of CRE. That means that the doctor who's prescribing antibiotics is really dependent upon good diagnostics to get the right drug to the patient.
0: It's interesting there that you talk about CRE and this point that once something gets into the community, we know it spreads. And I suppose, haven't we all been living through that for the last two years? Um, And we don't don't really want to add another thing to the pile there. Fabienne, I suppose the use of broad spectrum antibiotics is a big contributing factor to AMR. It is essentially the equivalent of using a sledgehammer to crack a nut, I guess. Um, So using the right tool for the job is really key. So how can microbiology testing help to prevent the increase of antimicrobial resistance amongst the population?
2: So there's actually a very short answer to that. I'll elaborate on that further. But the short answer is that testing should be able to tell you which drug really works for the infection that you're seeing. So when you're encountering AMR or an antimicrobial resistant pathogen, you might find that only one or maybe two drugs work. Sometimes nothing works. Therefore, it is essential to use accurate tests, because that can actually, the result of this test can tell you which drug you can use to treat the infection. And it can also tell you in which cases you can spare the last resort drugs, which is the ultimate goal. So we want to keep these last resort drugs. They are very precious, and we should not use them if not necessary. Treating infections is a life-saving event, and testing ultimately tells you where infection prevention efforts should be taken. So testing is not only relevant in order to tell you which is the correct drug to use, but it's also used to help the infection from spreading into the community, as Jean mentioned, or in the hospital.
0: I suppose that's the key there, isn't it? That microbiology testing, to to use it to make sure that we're not using those last resort drugs unnecessarily, which, again, could contribute further to AMR. Thank you both to Jean and Fabienne for the great summary of a very pressing global health challenge of antimicrobial resistance, including the role that microbiology testing can play in preventing the increase of AMR. We all have a role to play from clinicians to labs to patients in dealing with this crisis. And as we were saying, education and the use of all the best available science plays a vital role in all of this. For now, that's all we have time for in this episode. However, there are three podcasts in this series and all are available on our website. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our archive for more episodes just like this one. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We release new EMG podcasts every Friday. Take care, stay safe and goodbye for now.